Welcome back, friends. You're listening to Parenting for the Culture, and I am your host, Cherie Sims. I am PBS Early Learning Champion. I am an educator. I am a mama to six beautiful heavens, and I am the wife to Professor Hiram Sims and co-founder of Sims, a library of poetry. I think I don't usually introduce library of poetry, but I felt like I should do that today because I'm sitting in the library and I'm happy to be here with you all. These are my moments that I take to myself. As a mom of six, I like to have time to myself to hear my own thoughts and to do the things that I'm passionate about. So thank you all for being here with me. This is part of my self-care and I'm so glad that you guys can be a part of it with me. As always, I like to start with the peak and pit of my day. It's a way that I connect with my family, something that we do at the dinner table, opens up conversation and allows us windows into one another's days and one another's lives. So I like to do that with my community here at Parenting for the Culture. And the peak of my day today was... So yesterday I had date night with my husband and my daughter Hope did my hair. She gave me cute little ponytail with the with the baby hairs, baby hairs laid and one long braid. And when my mother in law who lives with us saw my hair, she was like, that's cute. I want that, too. So today she took Hope to the beauty supply and they got all the necessary items and Hope dyed her hair and slicked it back in a ponytail. She laid them baby hairs and she gave grandma a long braid. So me and my mother in law were twinning today. And it was so cute. And I'm absolutely in love with her. And I never thought that I'd be twinning with my mother-in-law. But today it happened. And it was cute. So that was the peak of my day. And also cute because, you know, my daughter made us both twins. I just think that's so cute. She's so talented. And the pit of my day is trying to figure out how to get these kids everywhere they need to be. Y'all, like, sometimes six kids doesn't feel horrible or overwhelming. Like, it feels pretty good. I wanted all of them. So I'm happy about it. But sometimes, especially as they get older... It is really hard to figure out how to get all these kids to gymnastics and basketball and swimming and dance class and schools. Like it was one thing when everybody was in elementary school and everybody went to the same school. And it's very different now that some of them are in Santa Monica and some of them are in L.A. and some of them are home. It's a lot. So trying to figure out how to be in six different places all the time is the pit of my day. But I worked it out. Shout out to Nisha. She used to be a teacher at my school and she babysits my children. But she's really like my work wife, my wife, you know, she's my wife. She helps me raise these kids and she shows up for me. So shout out to her. Very grateful for her. She is my community. So we have started 2023 by talking about my pillars for peaceful parenting. And this is kind of a foundation for what works for me to help me gentle parent to parent consciously. And so I wanted to start off kind of sharing these with you. So if you haven't listened to them, go back, listen to the first few. It's an acronym for peaceful. So we have already done P for perception. We've already done education for E. We've done awareness for A. And we've done connection for C. And today we are going to talk about E and F in peaceful. So again, if you have not listened to the first episodes sharing the first few pillars, please go back and listen. If you have listened to them, then, you know, love it. Share it with a friend. Let me know how you're digesting it. Let me know how it's helping and what else you would like to hear. Let's get into it. Today we are going to talk about E, the pillar E, the second E is for environment. 
Now, this pillar really came to me when I opened up my school because environment of your preschool is a huge factor. It's heavily like monitored. You have people coming in and looking at everything all the time. And through that, I started to learn how to set up my physical environment. But for this pillar, we're not just talking about a physical environment. We are also talking about the mental, emotional environment of raising children and of parenting. So let's start with the physical aspect of environment. I think that it's pretty obvious that when you have children in a physical space, you think about things, right? When you first get pregnant at your baby shower, people get you those little plug covers to make sure that the plugs are safe. They get you those little corner paddings. If you have any furniture that has hard hard corners, you get those corner paddings to keep the sides of the furniture safe from your falling flopsy little children. You get the doorknob holders so kids can't escape, right? All of these things that are made for your physical environment to make parenting easier. For some reason, we think about these things at the baby shower and we think about these things when our children are infants, but we forget to think about them as our children get older and in different capacities. So when it comes to raising your children and some of the challenges you have with your children, even simple things like they can't find their shoes, have a place for their shoes. This is where your environment kicks in. One of my favorite things I like to think about is everything in your home needs a home, whether it's their shoes, their backpacks, their toys, everything in your home needs a home. This is gonna help them to stay organized. It's gonna help you to stay organized and sane. And think about this for yourself also. Like when I walk into my bedroom, I need an environment of cleanliness that's not cluttered. I need a place of peace. I don't allow their toys in my bedroom because I want it to be an adult bedroom. I don't allow food in my bedroom because I don't want crumbs and ants and roaches. So I keep my environment as a place that's for me. And then I keep their environment as a place that's for them. Another struggle that we often think about or often encounter is like this age old struggle of how do I get my child to sleep in their bed? Recently, I had to rearrange my children's room to fit in their new toys from the holidays, right? They had these huge toys, so I had to rearrange their room to fit the toys. Okay, physical environment, rearrange their room to make things fit. But then my kids kept popping out their bed at night. And I'm like, what's going on? And y'all were here a couple months ago when we were talking about bedtime routines and trying to get these kids to stay in their beds. So if you listen to the previous episodes about that, those things worked and we finally got them sleeping in their beds. But now that I move stuff around, they were back out of their beds, coming into my room every night, talking about I hear something or I'm scared. And these are the types of things that usually parents like don't really believe their children about. They're like, oh man, they're saying they're scared to stay out of their room. They just don't want to be in there. They love my room, whatever it is. Turns out I go with my children into their room and both of the twins explained to me that they did not like where their new bed was because their new bed is next to the sliding glass door. They have a sliding glass door in their room that goes to the backyard. And both of them, poor babies, my son was like, a murderer is going to open it and come get us. And my daughter's like, somebody's going to come get us, right? And our backyard is totally closed and it's locked and all that stuff. But I actually totally understand how being next to a sliding door is going to make you feel a little less secure. So we had to do some environmental engineering. And because of the way their room is set up, I couldn't actually move their whole beds. But what we did was we went together to buy some 
posters to cover up their windows. And then we have some curtains that go over that. And then we got some locks together and they watched us put the locks on so they could feel more secure in their room. And now they are sleeping through the night more. And this is one of those things where like, it didn't actually require me to take a sleep training webinar. It didn't require me to read up on how do I get my child to sleep through the night. This wasn't an issue of sleep regression. This was simply an issue of their environment and their comfort and them feeling safe, which leads me into the aspect of having a safe environment mentally and emotionally. When we are raising our children and the many things that we encounter with them, we really want our children to feel like they have a safe space with us, within us, that they can come to us when things are wrong, when they've made a mistake, if they are lying, and we will full on get into lying in another episode. (laughs) But when our children do something, we want to be their safe space. Because when we create a safe environment for them mentally and emotionally, they are more likely to step into that area and be able to be in a space where they can learn and grow with us and not outside of us where God knows what they're learning or doing or how they're trying to manage their problems. And part of this pillar came from, I mean, several things. One, just for me in my lifetime, all of my growth has happened in safe spaces and safe environments. And I remember as a little child, like the daycare that I went to, my daycare provider, her name was Yasmin. She's the most amazing person on earth. And she has always been there for me to provide me a safe space, both physically, mentally, and emotionally. And during a period of time where my family had actually lost our housing and I didn't have someone to care for me in the way that I needed to be cared for. She opened up that safe space and invited me in and how life-changing that was for me to have that safe space, to be able to continue to have just like goals in life. That experience of having Yasmin as a safe place in my infancy, in my childhood, in my teen years really created a desire in me to create safe spaces for other people. So when we talk about environment, I want you guys to think about your environment, your physical environment. What does your house look like? How does it make you feel? What does your room look like? How does it make you feel? What does your car look like? How does that make you feel? Clean it out. Don't let them eat in the car unless you're cool with that. I'm not. I hate it. And think about your mental and emotional environment. How do you feel and how are you showing up? And then how are you showing up for your children? And are you a safe space that is welcoming for them to come to with their challenges and problems? And that leads me into F. Now, y'all, some of you are going to hear pillar F and you're going to want to leave. You're going to want to turn this off. You're going to want to go. I want you to stay. I want you to hear me out. I want you to stick with me because F is actually a big one for me. And in the vein of being a safe space for your children to come to, I want you to be their friend. I said it, the pillar F is friendship. And when I talk about friendship, I don't necessarily mean that your child has to be your best friend, but you should be a friend to your child. And I know that this argument goes both ways. I know that there are people who say, you know, actually even very well family had published an article saying that most experts agree you should not be their friend. You should not be their friend because at the end of the day, your children still need you to be the role of parent. They need boundaries. They need discipline. They need guidance. They don't need a friend. 
And then you have the other side who tells you that you should be a friend because friends are welcoming. Friends are trusted people. Friends are the people that we go to when we're in trouble and when we're in need. And one thing that I want to challenge you to do today is to think about your own friendships. If you are one of the people that's like, yes, I want to be my child's friend or my child is my friend and I'm their friend, then great. Let's hang out. Let's keep talking. (laughs) If you're one of the people that's like, nah, I'm not going to be my child's friend. I'm not your friend. I'm your mama. Just hang out for a little bit. And I invite you into the conversation. Like hit me up on IG, comment in the show notes right here. Let's take this conversation outside of just right now. But I think that all of us really need to challenge the idea of what friendship looks like in general. If you have friendships where people run over you or let you run all over them, or you just have friends where all y'all do is have fun all the time and nobody can be honest and you don't have boundaries, like that's crazy to me that one of the reasons or arguments for not being your child's friend is that you should be somebody that holds boundaries. I don't know about y'all, but my friends and myself, like we have boundaries. And if I have personal boundaries and my friends don't respect those boundaries, I need to reevaluate my friendships. So before you decide that it's not a good idea to be your child's friend, I actually invite you to reevaluate your definition of friendship and your actual friends that are around you. And along with that, when I think about friends, even my own group of friends, I think about the different archetypes of friends that I have, right? I have the friends that are like, girl, let's go out. Let's go out this weekend and let's go dancing. And don't worry about your husband. You could come out. You could have fun. You ain't got to go home with anybody, but you could have fun this weekend, right? I have those friends. And then I have friends who are like, do you and your husband want to come out? And then I have friends who are like, hey, I got this new book. You should read this book. Let's read this book together and talk together. My book friend and my opportunities friend, that is Cody and Natalie. Every single day, I will get a text message or an email about some opportunity, some resource, some book that I should be reading, some book that I should be getting for my child. And very often, not only am I getting recommendations, but I'm actually getting books in the mail. Like, girl, I bought this for me and here's one for you too. Or when I see them, girl, I bought this for me and here's one for you too. Right? So we have different kinds of friends. So when it comes to your child, you don't have to be every kind of friend to your child. You don't have to be the fun, wild friend that wants to be out all the time. You don't have to be the friend that helps them, you know, get away with stuff, cover up stuff, sneak out the house. You don't have to be the friend that's cussing at them or with them. You know, I don't let nobody cuss at me. I know some friends be like, what up, bitch? How you doing? No, that's not my friendships. (laughs) No judgment to you if that's yours. That's fine. That feels good to you. That's not for me. And that's, again, where my friends respect my boundaries. But that's certainly not going to be my friendship with my children, right? Actually, my daughter the other day, I caught her calling me bruh. She said something. She's just such in the habit of being like, nah, bruh, nah, bruh. And she called me bruh. I said, excuse me? Did you just call me bruh? And she said, oh, uh, sorry, mommy. Right. And so like, that's the thing too, is like, you can be your child's friend and still have respect and boundaries. You can still create a relationship where your child is not speaking to you any kind of way. And again, if you have friends speaking to you any kind of way, it's time to reevaluate those friendships. But when you think about your child, like 
you are undoubtedly their first friend. When you bring them home from the hospital, they don't have other friends around. When they're little before they go to school, they don't have other friends around. Why would you deny your child a friend? Can they have a friend? Can you be their friend? Y'all together all day looking at each other. Can y'all be friends a little bit? Be that friend that guides them, that teaches them. We all have one of them friends that we call the the older, wiser friend that's had a little more life, that has a little more experience, a little more advice. Be that friend for your child. And as they get older and they have their own friends, now it's your job to teach them how to be a friend and how to have a friend, how they should be treated by their friends. Have you ever had a child come home and tell you a story about their friend and you look at them and think like, "Mm, I don't think they should be your friend. How would they know? If you are not their friend and showing them what a friendship should look like, how would they know how their friends should treat them? So be their friend. I truly, I strongly encourage you to be their friend, to be a friend who has boundaries, who has guidance, who has discipline, who has love, all of those things. And then be that person that when they are in trouble, they are not going to their teenage friends asking them what to do, getting poor advice, (laughs) getting advice from someone who is still maturing themselves with no life experience behind them. Y'all, I want you to watch one episode of Teen Mom. If you haven't watched it already, watch an episode of Teen Mom. If you've watched it, watch it again. But listen to the way that these teenage moms will go to other teenagers asking them for like real serious life advice. The things they say to each other are absolutely ridiculous. And I would not want to be a person to my child where one, I'm not a safe environment. So they're scared to come to me if they've done something wrong, especially my oldest is a teenager now. And part of me is super scared for these years that are ahead of us. And part of me is super excited because of the relationship that we do have. But these are the years where she is going to make choices in her life that can affect her life, right? Like she could make a really dumb decision in these next few years. And depending on the magnitude of it, it can affect several future years in her life. So when she is in a situation where she's either made a mistake, made a bad choice, maybe she did go out with her friends and told me she's going to the movies, but really they had a kickback and everybody drunk at the house and I don't know, something goes wrong, right? Like it's not unheard of. Teens do this. At that moment, I hope to be her safe space where she can call me. and say, mom, I messed up and I need you to pick me up. In that situation, I'm going to be that designated driver friend where I'm going to be a safe place where she can tell me what happened and I can come get her and bring her back to safety. I always want to position myself to be able to do my job as a parent, which means protecting my child and teaching my child. And I think that in order to do that, I'm going to have to also be my child's friend. So that's my argument. I am excited to hear what you have to say about it because I know that it's a controversial topic. And I recently saw Michelle Obama talk about how you shouldn't be your child's friend. And I love my forever first lady. So I'm not trying to be on the other side of Michelle Obama, but I do think that we have defined friendship a certain way and that we need to redefine friendship and that we can be a friend to our child, a good friend the best friend to our child, which does not require them to be our best friend. Y'all, if you are going to be a friend to your child, make sure you have a friend also. (laughs) 
make sure you have a good friend, a few friends, so that when you have your adult problems, you have someone to talk to. Do not get confused in your friendship with your child where all of a sudden they become the person that you talk to when your partner is getting on your nerves or that they become the person that you talk to when your job is getting on your nerves or when bills are getting hard and stressful. Have an actual friend that's an adult. Have your older, wiser friend that you can go to for the advice, for the connection, for the sound advice for the safety. So let me know what y'all think. Are you a friend to your child? Yes or no? Are you willing to try to be a friend to your child? Yes or no? And this week for your homework, I want you guys to think about whatever challenge you're having with your child and ask yourself the question, is the environment playing a role in this? If your child is lying all the time, is part of the emotional, mental environment playing a role in their inability to be honest with you? If your child is drawing on the walls all the time, is the environment, the physical environment of having markers to accessible a issue that you can easily change right now? If your child is jumping off of the furniture all the time. We could talk about that one. (laughs) That don't seem like an environmental issue. Although I will tell you, actually, there have been times where even in that, like in the classroom, we had an issue where children were constantly running around in the classroom and we're like, hey, my friends, we run outside. Inside is where we use our walking feet. But it actually was an issue of our physical environment. We had created our classroom to be too much of a wide open space. And that wide open space would look at them kids and say, run here, run in me, run around right now. That's what I'm here for. So we had to move some cubbies around and create more centers so that there wasn't a wide open space. And that settled our problem of having children run inside. Sometimes when you can't get the child to stop immediately because they still need time to grow and mature and learn, then you need to shift and change the environment so that you can still have peace through the challenges and so that you can still create time that aligns with their time of development and learning and maturity and so that your child can still be a good child and you can still be a peaceful parent and show up the way that you want to. So that's your homework. I hope you all will come back. I think we have two more pillars left. So come back for these last pillars. If you didn't listen to the other pillars, go ahead and catch up on it and tell me your thoughts in the show notes. And if you guys have any questions, reach out to me on Instagram at Sheree Sims. You can also leave any comments or you could fill out a Google form, which is right here in our show notes. So thank you all for tuning in. I love being here with you guys and I look forward to being back here next week with y'all. Peace, everybody.